When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 46. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Cap in America. I'm excited about episode 46, the Mike Pence episode, I'm calling it, because I think impeachment could be coming before this uh, episode airs. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Cap in America at Cap Cap in America. America. It's working. I picked up like a lot of followers since I started saying that. You're doing very well. Yeah, I'm up to, I think, 220. 220. That's a lot of followers, right? I could, I could quit advertising myself. I would say that, yeah, that's enough to go viral. All right. <laughs> You're at 220. This yeah, week on the podcast, sick. we have Gina Yashere from The uh, Daily Show. I've heard of it. On Comedy Good Central. Show. Yeah, she is their Brexpert. I think so. She's so, their British expert. So also. we can't call her our British expert. We'll she can be ours. We'll be derivative. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we pay her as much as The Daily Show. I don't to know. To be on it. But, but, Comedy um, Central's pretty cheap. I'm pumped. She's going to be here. So she'll be here in a little bit. You sound exhausted. You sound beat. Listen, it's been, I've been <laughs> running around. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. You, I'm trying to, I'm just teaching Teddy how to ride a bike. That's exhausting. So How's don't, that? so don't tell me about it because don't give me this exhausted look you're going here. <laughs> I'll trade places with you any day. You got to bend over. You got to put, you got to put your arms on there when you're trying to ride a kid without a training wheels. Yeah. How does that work? It's, I don't know. It's a problem. I need a, remember I had that idea for the dad rabbit, task rabbit, to hire a dad to do stuff. Yes. This, this one's, this is like surge pricing. They would charge me a lot for this. Surge pricing. <laughs> Cause this is really a lot of work out of some schwitz in around, but you got to like just hold them and then you let go, I guess. And they just learn magically. Yeah. I was going to say, know. because how much can you really teach outside of like, just start pedaling? Yeah, I don't know. And he's like, don't let go. And he's like, oh, right, let go. And then he falls and he's all upset. And I taught my sister to ride a bike when I was like a teenager. It was, I don't know what I, I don't know what I did then. How old Young, is your sister? She's 14 years younger than me. Oh, okay. Shout out Lisa <laughs> Kaplan. So uh, I don't know. Back then, now I'm like, I got to go to Google it. Like, you didn't have that back then. You just did it. Well, I'm trying to think of my only, um, I can think of when I learned to ride a bike. Somehow I remember that. And I, yeah, I think your dad just pushes you, yeah, he, and then one at some point you turn around and you realize he's not pushing you anymore, oh, and right. you're like, oh, I'm still going. We may have to have Gary Sparks on the pod to, t- to tell me because I don't think I don't know if my dad taught me. I don't know how I learned. I think some raccoons taught me or something. I don't, I don't remember. So, all right, but has he fallen over yet? Yeah, but I basically don't let go, so he hasn't really. <laughs> so he hasn't learned how to ride a bike. <laughs> he hasn't learned. I just I just took the train wheels off yesterday, so I'm like sitting here, like I'm, I'm oh a little hungover gosh. from another story, but I'm I'm a little bit beat up right myself. We did go out last night. We yeah. celebrated. We celebrated. Uh, I don't know what. What we were celebrating? I'm not sure. We had a good show, but uh, okay. Oh, I have some some to promote quickly. Friday night this week, I'm coming home, Philly. Oh, nice. Play the music. Cue the music, producer. Philly Comedy Club. You can get your tickets. I think phillycomedyclub.com is where it is. You can also um, go to my website and check it out. All of our Allentown listeners, it's a short drive. Let's get all of Allentown out there. there. I'm finally coming. Find it. It's a 7 p.m. show. Um, Shuli Egger from uh, from Howard Stern Show. If anyone listens to that, he's going to be on there. That show, still- that show is a little bit popular in Philadelphia. So a little bigger a, than us. Should be, a, should be a crowded show. All right, cool. We, we might not need it. We, our listeners better get tickets. That thing's going to sell out. Get your tickets now. Yeah, anyone also, involved in Howard Stern, that's going to sell out. Here's the other thing. If you put the promo code in Turner, just my name, T-U-R-N-E-R, you get, uh, I think, $10 off on your oh. tickets. 
How much are these tickets? I think they're 25 bucks, and you can get them for 15 bucks. Wow. Yeah, right. which is great, and it helps me because it tells them, hey, I'm bringing that's people a, to the show. That's a classy night out in Philadelphia if you spend $15 on it. <laughs> yeah. So. so come out to that show. All right. Also, Amazon, you guys are doing great buying stuff on Amazon, supporting the podcast. You guys, Randy, Kaplan mostly. <laughs> Randy, Kaplan, everyone else, get involved. Yeah. All you have to do, go to lostinamericapod.com, click on our Amazon banner, and that'll take you back to Amazon, do your regular shopping. We get a percentage of that. Kaplan, should we get to Lost in America? Let's get lost in America. Play the music. This week, Kaplan. Here's my question. In America, America's like so far advanced in certain things, right? And then we're like way behind in other things. Like we got Tesla, we got yeah. Elon Musk, we that's got the same thing. That's yeah. we what got we those high speed trains. That's we him do? too. I don't think he's actually built those yet. Okay, but they're coming. They're coming. We got the cars. You want to say we got the cars that are automated. Whatever. That are going to drive themselves. We got that's all this got. stuff that's pushing us ahead. iPhone but 8 we're the coming. last country in the world where the people still have uh, answering machines on their cell phones. That's not an answer. That's a voicemail. Voicemail. <laughs> whatever you call Wait, it. Wait, they don't have voicemail? No. No one else has that. because, And then also... I'm confused. First of all, so you have a, hey, leave a message or whatever. You well, what happens when you call someone in China? It doesn't go to a message? No, it doesn't. No, it just no. keeps ringing forever? No, it just cuts off at some point because it's like, hey, buddy, just text text him. So we still have this thing. And so then I'm leaving a message, <laughs> but no one's listening to their messages. Yeah, I know. I, but I have old messages from you from like three weeks ago I gotta listen to. But everyone's still leaving messages. And every time I leave a message, it start, I'm starting with like, all right, so I know no one's listening to this. Yeah, you could do some material. But here's my them. message. <laughs> but no one's ever going to hear it. I'm just, like, talking into this, like, black hole of nothingness. Right. I'm, I'm pro-leaving messages. Why? I'm the last one left, I guess. This is all for me. Yeah, you're pro-leaving messages, but you don't, you're not pro-listening That's to your the, own well, messages. Well, I'm only pro-leaving it because it's, otherwise it's like I hate when people call me and they get the voicemail and then they hang up and then they text me. I just feel like that's very inefficient. But and also antisocial. Like you got to practice still talking. So I like to leave the message. But, but then, then sometimes I'm like they're not going to listen. So then I end up doing the same thing. Yeah. I leave so message, then you text. And I'll message. be like, all right, I'm just going to text you in the middle of the message. And now I've done. Yeah, it's disaster. If any one of our listeners has listened to a, their own voice, have has listened to a voice message in the past six months, leave it on. Leave a review. <laughs> leave it on iTunes and just tell us. Or here's another actually announcement. On our lostinamericapod.com, we just set up a message board at the oh, bottom. <laughs> yes. I did. Yeah. So you can leave messages. Like, so you can leave, I mean, not, you can type stuff, not voice messages. I'm all confused. Do you, do you, uh, is this, is this a billion dollar idea we got there? Is that, is that going to make us any money? I don't think it's going to make us money, but it's going to get people just like <laughs> interacting on, oh, okay. our, on our page. Yeah. Or, interact. Yeah. So tell us, go to Lost America. Tell us if anyone's, if you've listened to one, I'm not setting the bar very high. I'm just saying everyone's, we're, we're all still getting messages. Messages are coming in, right? Yeah. I mean, the no thing one is, listens. well, the thing is, it's also, I don't know with dating, like if people, when they're, cause they just text everything, I guess now. And I think that's because I used to call a girl and then you'd get a voicemail and you leave a message. And this is crazy anxiety. You don't know if they've listened, you don't know when they're going to call back, but texting, that must be so much more amped up because if you text a girl now, 
And they, like, you know they had it immediately. And you know it, what they call it? The millennials. You know what Usama Siddiqui calls it? What's that? Ghosting. Go, so, yeah. Is that, if so, you don't respond, you're ghost. You ghosted me. It must be so. I can't. I could not handle that anxiety because it was hard enough with the message, and I would have to, like, craft what I'm going to say, and you, you have to be a master of knowing Verizon. Each one has a different, like, pound and re-record thing. Oh, and then and you had it's it, like, you yeah, had it's like no, that old thing from Swingers where yeah. it cuts off halfway through, like yeah. that singing scene oh, in Swingers. So much, see, all this material will be gone. They have to keep voicemails alive so people get these, get these references. Oh, okay. So, now I'm back in. See? You're in favor. I turned you around the issue, and I got a billion-dollar idea I got to run by you. Okay, what is it? Billion dollar idea. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Cue the music, someone. And I got to split this because I think this was my wife's idea, so I got to give her 500 million, I guess. Okay. But gypsy boats. Why? <laughs> this is already racist. Can I explain it to you? What's I don't know gypsy? if you've noticed, Livin, you live kind of near the water in Brooklyn, but they're really opening up the waterways here in New York. They're, okay. they're, they're doing ferries. They're adding stops. People are really, people are very smug, like want to be good for the environment. <laughs> so they want to take bastards. they want to take boats everywhere, even though it's too super inefficient. Okay, we need some gypsy boats. We need because it takes forever. You get on the line. There's a huge line. You're stuffed. You can't get on top. Wait, we, I don't know what you is know it? what a gypsy taxi cab is. <laughs> no. Oh, all right. So I gotta explain that to you. <laughs> you see the movie Royal Tenenbaums? What? Have you seen the movie The Royal Tenenbaums? Yes. So they're constantly taking gypsy taxis the whole way. Am I allowed to say gypsy? Is that the problem here? I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. You don't know what What's a gypsy? A gyp- is that like a petty before cab? Uber? There was gy- like uh, a rickshaw. Before Uber and everything, there used to be like unlicensed taxi cab drivers who would just drive around with like a car and offer you a ride. Oh, just like, hey, get in the car, get in the car. And it, everyone would frown on it because they, like, they, they would try to, the government didn't like that because it's like not sanctioned. They would say it's dangerous. And that's it, called the gypsy? You call it a gypsy taxi because you pay the guy out of the table. And now they don't have that anymore. Uber, <laughs> Uber ran them out of business. There's no such thing anymore. Like, as a gypsy cab driver. I think you can't say gypsy. Well, I've already said it once. I'm going to say it 100 times. <laughs> you said it 30 times. So my point is those drive, those people who want to be scofflaws, they, they, they don't want to do Uber because that's too official. They don't want to do Juno or Lyft, all these things. They got to get a boat, get a little ferry, get out on the water. So you're just, and saying- just offering people rides. Just show up at the port. <laughs> So you're saying Captain Ron just needs <laughs> to be roaming the, <laughs> roaming the roaming free the waters. ports? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And then you can ride us. You can get, like, anywhere in New York, you can just get off. And Well, and I can expand it to the rest of America because most American cities are built on a waterway. Yeah, there's waterways in all sorts of cities. I, don't, I can't name them, but I'm sure. I mean, you got the Sacramento River. you got the oh, American River. Oh, you got Mick, two rivers in Sacktown. Mick Macalaca. Get this. <laughs> Mick Macalaca, our local congressman. You also... Got uh, three rivers in Pittsburgh. Uh, exactly. Three Rivers Stadium. We got the Delaware River in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. You got waterways all over. Miami has the intercoastal. The Mississippi. LA, you got the beach. Naming waters. <laughs> yeah. We know them all. So, I mean. I'm, I mean, New Orleans is essentially all underwater. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Venice, Cal. Yeah, so I might expand this. It could be like Uber. Blow it up. It could be a chain. So we just get so people we'll do- with boats. And then we're going to have automated. And then unlike uh, cars that are going to turn automated and run everyone out of business, I don't think they're going to have automated boats anytime soon. No one's working on that. That's true. Another billion-dollar idea, by the way. <laughs> no one's working on that. <laughs> I got two billion-dollar ideas for the price of one this episode. <laughs> and, and, you know, so that's, that's uh, <laughs> someone. Ikram. Get to work on that. Get on it. One if- sense. Take that money. Upstairs. If Ikram can hear us yelling at him, get yeah. going. All right. Speaking of. Ints. Is an app. It's an app. You can get it in the app store. I think uh, we got some. Our, our, some of our, our um, upcoming guests might be getting on it soon. 
But uh, yeah, Instant App, you can get it in the App Store or wherever apps are sold. Yeah, and, and you got to support these guys because they came out and they opened up the studios for us this morning at the crack of dawn. They Ikram, did. Ikram got out of bed. We came in early 9 a.m. to do this pod before work. And so they are up to five minute messages, uh, voice recordings, audio recordings, whatever you want. We're in sync now. We're doing overtime and news episodes every week. Get on there. Follow at Lost in America Kaplan. Yeah, and send us your comments on Ents too. And yeah. Ents at Lost in America. We will re- we will reply to you. We will I reply promise. to you. We might even reply on the pod. Oh. Sounds like that sounds like a tempting offer. Guess what? Bring out your ants. Get ants. Bring it out to the Philly Comedy Club this weekend on your phone. I'll sign your cell phone. Are you encouraging people to ants your show? Do not ants my show. <laughs> Do right, not ants my show. We'll sign your phone. <laughs> I'll sign your phone if you can bring up. You can show ants on there. All right. All sounds right. Like a deal. Should we get to our guest? Uh, yeah. Gina Yashere. Bring her in. Come on in. <laughs> We're back with Gina Yashere. Gina, welcome to the show. What's happening, Tannis Fox? Yeah, ready to rock. <laughs> Did I tell you how cool your name sounds? Tannis Sparks? Tannis Fox. There's something about it. It sounds very American, but it also sounds very showbiz. And it's not made up, right? No, it's a real name. Yeah, it's wow. a guy. People it's always like a ask bond that. They're like, what's your real name? Or like, yeah, when they're, especially now. No one ever yeah. said that before. Yeah. But now they're in comedy, you know? Yeah, exactly. People always ask. It's powerful. So, yeah, Sparks. so you've been in the United... You, obviously, you're British, as people yes. can already probably tell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Born and raised, London, England. London? Yeah. I, Cap, have you been before? To, to London? London? Yeah. Yes, there I've been. Oh, wait, you went with my brother, right? That's how, I know, that's how this podcast... <laughs> yeah, I lived you with your brother. Live there. <laughs> I randomly live with your brother in London. I was thinking about yesterday. In, uh, I've been once in my life when I was 12. Really? You never... makes oh. no sense, because yeah. like... You're Mr. International. so close now. Yeah, and most people think I'm British. Yeah. Really? In, in Asia. People? Because <laughs> you know they they're they like, don't they don't get the accent. They can't no, tell there's an American and a British accent. They cannot. Asia. They cannot. Just and like, also, they say that Americans wear t-shirts and British people wear collared shirts. Oh, that's so ridiculous. because I wear collared shirts, they and I'm like super pale. That's ridiculous. They just yeah, American. That's funny. That's, Which yeah. actually gets to. I was watching your. I mean, I've seen your standup before, but I was watching it. Does it freak Americans out? When you're, and you say in your act, when you're like a black person with a British accent? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I first got some, like before Idris Elba became so huge. <laughs> like I was here before, well, I'm not going to say I was here before Idris because Idris was here before me, but I was here before Idris got famous. Yeah, yeah, you were doing, yeah. So, um, you know, going all over the place and speaking with this accent coming out of this face confused the hell out of Americans. They just were like, huh? I used to get asked if I was Aboriginal a lot. No, I would get asked if I was Australian a lot, which means they assumed I must be an Aborigine because they thought, funny accent, yeah, what's dark skin, and they can't tell, most Americans can't tell the difference between a British and Australian accent no. anyway. So they assumed I was Australian, and I know in the back of their mind, they're thinking Aborigine. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that Americans would know what an Aborigine is. Yeah, that's well, actually they don't. giving they, a lot of Americans. They don't. They just go, Australian? And they're thinking, those black people. Okay, maybe they, they don't know Aborigine. They, they just the think term. people in Australia they are black. Don't know what don't the, they, don't, they never use the word Aborigine because they probably don't know the name. But they're thinking, I know there's a tribe of black people yeah, in yeah, Australia. Yeah. So she must that, be one of those. It was those. a movie I saw. <laughs> I don't think I could tell before I moved. Because like living in Asia, there's people from all around the world who live there. So you yeah. know. But before that, I don't think I could tell the difference between a British... No. Oh, I could and tell. Australian accent. And, the, and then also Australia and New Zealand are tough. South Africa I could tell because I had a South African girlfriend. 
Oh, but there you go. England, Scotland, you, I can, I, I don't know. Oh, this is all I know about. Major difference. Yeah, major difference. Well, because we've all seen Braveheart, yeah. so that's how <laughs> yeah. Americans well, know that. that. Uh, I can't even understand that a deep, like a Glaswegian Scottish person, uh, I'd need a translator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were you were born in Nigeria or you are born in England? Born and raised London. Okay, in London, yeah. okay. And you've been in the U.S. for 10 years. Yeah. I yeah. came out here for Last Comic Standing in 2007, and I was like, all right, I'm staying here now. <laughs> but I, I always knew I was going to come to the States. It's been like something I wanted to do since I was six. Really? Yeah. I've for stand-up? You mean it for no, like... No, just I wanted to be in Amer an American from the age of six. Wow. Because I watched all the TV shows and stuff, and I was like, they, the kids there look like they're having way more fun. I feel so. like we've been the opposite, because like, like, we're both really into o Oasis, Yeah. yeah and yeah. you're into soccer. Yeah. Uh, football. Yeah. Right. I was actually wearing... For Footy. Not, Footy. In honor of this podcast, I was wearing my England soccer jersey this morning. But then my son spilled like a uh, apple juice all over me, so I had to change. Uh, <laughs> well, and then that, that who's fighting. winning the language battle? This is I, like in when you go to Asia, you tour around the world doing right. comedy, and yes. we met in Hong Kong. That's right. Maybe a year and a half ago or something. Yeah, maybe more. A couple more years. Than that. Yeah, a couple yeah. years. Um, who do you think's winning the language battle, British or Americans in Asia? In terms of because I when when people speak to you in English, Asian people, mm. does it sound more like you or more like me? Probably more like you. You think so? I think. Well, actually, <laughs> no. In Hong Kong, the English is really good. It's really England English. Yeah, it's England English because yeah. obviously, you know, the British roots and colonization and whatever. But um, I don't know because the, the because the language is mixing now. The American English is getting into everybody's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, I mean, yeah, basically, you guys are polluted. Yeah, and you have the better yeah. language. You have the much better slang. Yeah, and, and you guys have polluted the language, so it's uh, it's it's well, because like I never knew what to say. Is it? Do I say soccer? Or do I say football? To like. A person in Hong Kong. Right, but if you're you know? American and you say football like, to mean soccer, you're just coming off like a kind of like a douchebag. It's basically it's a complete <laughs> mess. You're being yeah. a phony. Yeah, you're, what you guys call football is not football. Right. I like to call it gay rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, but you're also the first lesbian we've had on the podcast. <laughs> That's I, I, well, right. I have no? news about my wife. Oh. No, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? So touring around? The, are, you, are you now? Are you married? No, I've got a girlfriend though. So when I tour, I'm not looking for none. <laughs> okay. I've had some offers, but I ain't looking. So Does the mean? accent work with like American girls the same way? Yes. The, 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 the oh yeah, because <laughs> when British guys come to America, yeah, they, just, they just clean up. Yeah. <laughs> it works the same way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's good to know that some things are universal. Yeah. <laughs> and what about previously? I'm not. We don't have to get into like details, but like the culture, the scene. Uh, like, is there lesbian bar when you're touring around the world? You know. You know, it's so funny because when I'm touring, I'm just in comedy mode. I'm in work mode. Yeah. So I don't really, I'm not really looking. I mean, in certain places, I know there are, there's a big gay scene in Asia. In Singapore, there is. Yeah. Definitely. In Hong Kong, there was loads of gays coming to my shows because they knew I was there. <laughs> so I know there is a scene, but I'm never really looking for it because I'm out there working. Yeah, and okay. in the same day, I'm eating and sleeping and wandering around and just soaking in the culture. Night, I'm doing shows. And then after shows... I'm not really a party animal. I'm like, uh, everybody's like, you want to come out and hang out for drink and whatever? And I'm like, no, nah, I've got my Kindle. I've got a really good book. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not really the gay scene. I mean, I know there is. And I've been, they, you know, after a couple of shows, people have taken me to places where they where gays all hang out. But I'm not really, not really a seeker of the... Does it seem like it's more... How long have you been touring around, like, around the world? Oh, God. At least the last sort of... 
Like 10 years? At least. Yeah. Yeah. Does it seem like it's becoming more accepted in Asia? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I never saw any of that when I was coming to Asia. Like Hong Kong and Singapore, never. Singapore, as you know, is like one of the most conservative countries yeah, very, in the world. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> but I think it might have been also partly due to the influx of ex- expats and whatever. And, and now you've got a lot of younger expats going there to work and stuff. And so they're going to bring all the different, all the new trendy things yeah. and all the stuff. Not, I'm not saying that being gay is new and trendy, uh, but being out and gay is kind of trendy and sure. cool now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. then it, it obviously rubs off on the locals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So they're like, yes, I can be myself. Because I, I work with a young gay Chinese comic in Singapore. And he's Who was out. What, well, do you know, remember his name? Oh, God. Samuel C? Maybe. Oh, I don't know if he's gay, actually. <laughs> Shout out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't <laughs> There was a guy. No, because I did it shows. He's of, very out on stage, though. He's oh, out. he was out on stage. Yeah, he's out. There was a guy in Vietnam. I was there uh, a year ago doing comedy, and he was also the same. But he had used, he had previously lived in the United States, gone to college, and then right. moved back, right. and was yeah. But a Vietnamese, a young Vietnamese guy, talking about being gay on stage, yeah. which I found, I don't know. Wh- I mean, you probably were could have got arrested. The comedy previously. tends, to, the comedy in Asia tends to attract more expat audiences anyway. Yeah, they're not going to care. Right. So they're yeah. not really. Most of them don't really give a shit. But what I do, I tend to. Uh, Get the audience to love me first. I was going to ask, do you? Yeah. O- you know, do you? Open? I don't open with the oh, look at me. I'm a lesbian. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I come out. I do jokes. I get them to trust me and like me as a person, and, and then I go. By the way, <laughs> you like a lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. And then yeah. by then they're like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? By then they've already invested yeah. in me as a person, and they're like, whatever. And it's not like I'm gratuitous about it. I don't sure. talk about sex gratuitously. I talk about other stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this is what I am. This is what's happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And then I move on to the next thing. It's not like, you know, it's a facet of who I am as a person. It's not like everything I talk about. Did uh, did you ever go back to, do you ever go to Nigeria? I've only ever been twice. You've been twice? Twice. Do you do comedy there? I did, yeah. Once for just a holiday, just to see it. I wanted to see it. Yeah. And second time was for a show. Uh, There's this comedian called Basket Mouth, who's huge. Basket Mouth. Go look him up. I mean, he, he will send out, he'll sell out. Three nights at Wembley Arena, no problem. Oh, he's, okay. He's massive all over Africa, sells out arenas. And uh, he came to me the set at like, this like 2011, 2012, and he's like, Gina, I want you to come and do a show in Nigeria. And I was like, oh God, no. Because I'd already been once. I was like, I've been, I've seen it, I don't need to go again. And I made the most ridiculous demands. I was like, okay, I want Virgin upper class flights from London, and Virgin first class is one of the best on the market. Yeah. It's like Virgin upper class flights from London return. I want cash paid up front at least two weeks before I go. Yeah. I don't trust nobody. I want money and I want fair. Hundred percent up front. And I want to see the tickets and I want and I'm gonna call Virgin and double check that these <laughs> t- these t- I was like made the most ridiculous demands and I forgot about it. And, and then I get a call from my agent in London and Gina, um this Nigerian guy's turned up at the office with a bag full of money. <laughs> Nice. And he just turned up with a bag full of money. And I was like, fuck! That email scam that Nigeria. I gotta try that with the Philly Comedy Club (laughs) next weekend for my feature. Yeah, demand us cheesesteak from Pat's. You want me to come middle? uh, I want a Stella Express train, not that regular Amtrak. uh, Yeah, no bus for me. Oh, don't take the Chinatown bus. (laughs) So, yeah, basically, I uh, went to Nigeria and did a show because I've become. I did a sketch show in England called The Lenny Henry Show. He's a famous black comic in in England. He had a show, and I, I did lots of characters on the show. And one of the characters, 
characters was based on my mum, who's a strong-willed Nigerian woman, super ambitious for her kids. And I did this character and became very popular. And it went viral. It became massive in Nigeria. So I was already famous in Nigeria before I got there. But not as me, as, as this ca character. As your mum. So as I turned <laughs> up to do this stand-up, they had the flyer with me in the wig and glasses. <laughs> nice. Mrs. Amokre Day is, you know, and... I, you know, I was coming out. So did you me. have to do your act as the character? No, I literally came out and went, yeah, that was me. But this, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, it's a TV show. Yeah, that wasn't me. So half the audience were like, oh, we wanted to see the woman with the wig and the glasses and the accent. So, they, so yeah, it was fun. But yeah, half the audience got it and half of them were like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you got paid in a but suitcase got, full of cash. I got a bag full of cash. First class <laughs> yes. flight, so whatever. Okay. Whatever. So how was it for you coming to the U.S. when you came over? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I came over on Last Comic Standing, which was good. But I'd always, I'd always had plans to come here. Always. Yeah, you so know, they uh, take care of when you come over for a show. I guess like visas and everything. Yeah, yeah. so they got me an O one visa when I first came. Is that a work visa? Yeah, so it was yeah. a two year work visa. So I was like, so I got through the finals of the show. And they got me this visa. So I was like, what does this mean? And I was like, does that mean I can live and work in America for two years? And they were like, yeah. So wow. in between the there's a hiatus. I went back to London, sold my house, <laughs> threw a massive party, gave away and sold everything I owned. Really? Yeah. And for a massive party, I said to everybody, uh, goodbye, I'm moving to America. Nice. And they're like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I was, you've only got a two-year visa. I was like, don't worry. I will make this that's work. That's enough time to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's and, also, yeah. that's like the only way to do it. Because I know comics who want to move over here from other countries, but like, they don't know. There's no way unless you're, I mean, I guess a TV thing can do it. But besides that, you have to get a job, like a regular job, but it's yeah. hard to do. Exactly. No one, did you want to move because the, the career-wise America? More, bit of everything. Yeah. As a kid, as I said, always been my dream to live in America. Even when I worked as an engineer, I worked for Otis, which was an American company. And I'd already started making moves to get myself transferred to America. So it'd been my dream since I was a kid. I want to live in America. That was just my thing. And then for comedy, as a comedian, well, then it made even more sense because, you know, this is where it all began kind of thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you yep. had gotten to the top of the UK comedy Yeah, I'd got as far as I was going to go in the UK. I was at a point where I was selling out tours. I was always the token black woman or black face <laughs> or black or woman or any, on every panel show on TV. So, and that helped me sell tickets live and stuff. So I was like, well, I think I've hit, and I felt like I'd hit. Um, a glass ceiling. So I was like, well, I've, you know, I'm, I've made it as far as I'm going to go here. And I can always maintain that. It doesn't matter, you know, the internet. You can always go back, right? Exactly. The internet has made the world a very small place. Yeah. So why not go somewhere else and try and uh, conquer more and bigger markets? Yeah. While still maintaining what I had back home. So I, I felt like it was, I couldn't lose really. When you say you're the token black person on TV, is there, so then there's more black people on TV in America than there are in the UK? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah? You know, we've got a lot of black comics and stuff and there's a whole urban, what is what they call it, scene in England. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's England, isn't it? You know, they... So there's <laughs> less black people? Yeah, the, is that no, what you mean? there's no, a lot of black people, but more racism. the television, the same as it is here, <laughs> yeah. the television's run by white male. Yeah. And so they tend to put on what they know. You know, 
So as a black person, I get on TV shows because I'm when they get abuse or get criticism for not having women on or having black people on, oh. they go, oh, but we've got Or vegans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not enough vegans. We've got Token Gina. vegan. She, she ticks all the boxes. So yeah. basically, I was getting a lot of work. Oh, right. And plus, I was consistently good. Right. So they were like, well, we need a woman. We need a black person. And she's gay. She ticks all boxes. And she's consistently funny. Yeah, that... So I've got a lot of work for that. But then after a while, I was like... The, you're not the main character. That's yeah. literally yeah. Like, like... I every... want my own show. I don't want to be the token filling ticking boxes on everybody else's shows. Right. I, I got fed up with that after a while. And it, it, it does feel like, I mean, now, I mean, you're on The Daily Show now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's like totally multi, yeah, multicultural. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what it's about. I just want to get booked because I'm good at what I do. And yeah, I was getting booked because I'm good, but I was also getting booked as a tokenist gesture and I didn't like that. What about stand-up wise? Were you, because I, I looked at your schedule, you're playing everywhere, around the United States, I mean. Yeah, I mean, around yeah, the world, but also yeah, around the United States. Yeah. Was that right away when you oh, got God, here? No, no, that took a long time. Oh, okay. I got here, you know, because the comedy scene in, in England and America is different. Like, so in England, you started off doing open mics, then you graduate to getting sort of half spots and to, then you get full spots and you get to headline the status where you're working comedy clubs. And comedy clubs in England uh, were always based on the reputation of the comedy club. You went to a comedy club. You didn't know who was going to be on. Similar to oh, yeah. how the cellar runs it, where you right. go to the cellar. You don't necessarily cellar, yeah. know who's on, but you're going to know that it's the cellar, so you're going to get a quality night of comedy. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's how the comedy clubs in England worked. You went to the comedy club because it was the comedy store, or because it was Jonglers, or because it was you know up the creek. You go there because you go, right, that's a good comedy club, so I know that whoever's going to be on is going to be a certain standard. And, that, and on that system, all comedians got the same money. So we'd all be on the same bill. We'd Got all it. be getting two hundred pounds because you're not drawing like the club's drawing. It's not yeah, the, the comic drawing. The, the crowd. So we're, we're all earning a great living because there's lots of comedy clubs in England, and every weekend you can do three or four clubs a week, or you can go on the road and do clubs, and everybody's getting the same money. So if the average comedian without any TV credits in England was earning. 50, 60 grand a year. What am I doing? What are, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I gotta go. Well, that's all changed lost now. In, oh, okay. Lost in the UK. But yes. Let's go. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, just got that's here, what the comedy scene was. You know, yeah. everybody earned a good living. But I think that's how it was here in the 80s. Was, or people right. say that, well, that people yeah. used to go to the club just for the club. And actually, that's still how it is in Asia where I, where I, where I was and everything. Right, and that's yeah. how it should be. And then if you got to a point where you got on TV and you're starting to pull an audience, then you graduate into small art centres. Ah, And then okay. from art centres to small theatres. Then small theatres to bigger theatres. And, and that's basically what I did. I, uh, I was doing the clubs, working the clubs for years. Then with all these little appearances on TV, people started to go, oh, that's that girl. Yeah. And then I got on the Lenny Henry show, and then I was doing characters on that show. And from there, I graduated to a point where I was, I was able to sell theatres and sell my own tours. Because I'd turn up at a comedy club and do my set, and they go, Jeannie Ashway, and the crowd would go nuts. So I'd be like, oh, these people know me already. Yeah. So I'm like, why am I doing this club for £200 <laughs> when I know there's at least 70 people in here who came because I'm on? So that's when I then... That's your cue to get out of the club. Yeah, so and that was go my sell cue your to own go, tickets. oh, I need to get out of the club and actually get these people to come and see me and me get all the money. And that's how it... So but, here, it's like, like if, you do, if you do the road, um, no one comes to the club unless they know the name. And that's right? the thing. So when I came right. here, well, I couldn't New York, get work. Sure. I couldn't get work. I got here and I was like, so I'm a funny comedian from England. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah... And I'd go on and do spots because I moved to L.A. first. I didn't come to New York first. Okay. I went to L.A. And I'd go to the improv some places. And I was like, well, can I get on? And they'd be like, yeah. 
you're, you're not. You, you're but, might, you might be hilarious, but you're not selling tickets. So well, what you did, you make it sound normal. Like I was, I was at the top of the game in the UK, and I'm like, ah, screw this. I'm going to America where nobody knows me. But actually, most people would never do that. Yeah. Right. I'm a risk taker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an adventurer. You know, I like to. I, got, I was getting bored, right. and it was getting to the point where comedy was becoming like a job to me, and I, I was like, I don't. I didn't get into this for, to, and the, to become a job. I want this to be fun and any, any challenge. I have a question about the, the UK scene because people say that you can just spend all year touring around doing it, right? Yeah. But then if you look at a map of the UK, it's actually like the size of it's pretty small. It's small, but there was lots Light of clubs. So you can't run out? You, it's not like you run out in like a no, month you're, or two you're months? constantly. I mean, at the time. Now, the, 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 the comedy scene out there is tanking because it's basically going the way of America, which is very, very sad. But at the time, at the height... Uh, one comedy club, Jonglers, had 17 clubs all over, over the country. They had three in London alone. Yeah. Watford, Birmingham, Leicester, Nottingham. And so for seven years, I was working almost exclusively just for that one club because they had so many clubs that the one weekend I'd be in London, the following weekend I'd be in Watford, the following weekend I'd be in Birmingham. That's pretty awesome. And by the time you worked all around 17 clubs, it was constant. You start over again? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just one club and there were hundreds of clubs. At, so where they can have like four football teams in London or something. Yeah, exactly. Everything's more condensed. Yeah, so one city has like 10 teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, there's, so, there's, there's a lot of comedy clubs in so London. Was lots. there ever a point when you were here, when you first got here and then you're like trying to figure out your way where you're like maybe I should just go back you know it, it was it was a struggle like yeah you know I was making no money for at least the first four or five years I was here sure yeah. I was struggling but I was lucky in that I still had my base fan base in England so I'd go to England I'd do some tours I'd make some money I'd do a corporate here and there or I'd do a little voiceover then I'd get the money then I'd come back to LA then I'd live off that money then it'd run out then I'd call my agent alright I need to come back to England again and that's what I was doing the first few years Yeah. because uh, LA I was making no money but I thought oh LA is where you know, I just assumed that the comedy scenes in LA and right. New York would be the same and so I was like well if I'm going to do comedy in America and the scenes are the same I want to go where the sunshine is Yeah. Okay. so yeah. I went to LA and then I realized there's no money here. And then after a few years, I, I stayed in L.A. for seven years. And then I... I actually first met you in L.A. Yeah. So I was with Ruben Paul. Right. And you guys were at, uh, what's the one on the beach? Uh, what, the Comedy Magic Club? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when you were debating moving to L.A. We were recruiting you hard in New York. We're, for a couple of years. Yeah, I was so, trying you made to say, the right call, similar like, to you. Yeah. I was like, because from an outsider's perspective, L.A. and New York are the same. Yeah, you think L.A., Hollywood, the industry. But the problem is with L.A., it's full of people who are not really comedians they're just using comedy right they want to be on tv they want to be on like a sitcom or yeah that's what they did and it's full of shitty comics i mean there are some good ones sure but there are a lot of shitty comics they must be good looking if they want a tv show and then they're not funny probably exactly and they were clogging up the system yeah and i wasn't and i couldn't get on at a lot of these clubs like comedy magic club always showed me love comedy store always showed me love um ha ha cafe always i was able to get spot you know these are the clubs i like whenever I go back to LA, I always make a stop at those clubs because they always. But the improvs, I always struggle to get on. Laugh Factory, fuck them, never got on there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it was a struggle. It was always yeah. a struggle. Yeah, yeah, it was a struggle in LA. And then I was going to New York sort of uh, every sort of year and sort of coming out here for three weeks and then 
coming back to LA with my pockets bulging with money. So you were making more money. So that's what that's I when you moved. That's why I moved to New York. When I was when I was trying to figure out where to move, I couldn't get a straight answer out of people because everyone in LA loves LA yeah. and they want you to move there, and then everyone in New York loves New York and they want you to move there. And you, I was like, you, well, where? And in, in LA, be skeptical like, of anybody who loves LA. That's in LA. <laughs> they were all like, well, it's it's too expensive to live in New York, but then you can get more spots in New York. And I was like, I don't know what to do. But I'm, now that I'm here, I'm glad I moved here, oh, and nice. I can always like go to LA. Well, exactly. You know? About five years in, I started to get fed up with it. And I'm thinking, I'm not doing anything in LA. I don't want to audition because I don't care about acting. I don't want to play an American. I don't want to be a security guard in How I Met Your Mother. I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. I'm a stand-up and this is what I want to do. So about five, five years in, I started thinking, this is not the place for me. And then obviously I've been going to New York and I had a lot of contacts in New York because all the comics had come to England at some point and I'd worked with them and toured with them and gotten shows. And I was coming to New York and getting on at clubs and I got passed at the cellar the first time I went to New York. And I was going doing lots of spots and then coming back with all this money and thinking, why am I here when I could be in New York actually working and earning a living as a comedian? And without leaving the city. Without leaving the city. Yeah, you can earn decent money yeah. just doing spots, w- running Without around. having to get on a plane quite as often. Once you moved here, sorry, once you moved here... Is that when it all, it all started taking off with road the road work and everything, or was that going the whole? It know? was it was already starting to pick up, but coming to New York definitely that it lit a spark. And in the daily shows here, exactly because then I started doing spots around the clubs, and then obviously you know people think LA is where all the TV and stuff is happening, but there's so much stuff happening here in New York, and for yeah. comedy. For, for comedians, I think New York is the best city because there's so many TV shows here. Right, all those you've got shows Colbert, are... you've got The Tonight Show, you've got True TV, uh, Comedy Knockout, you've got Daily Show. There's so much stuff. Yeah. There's so many vehicles for stand-up comics here in New York. And I'd even come out here for that. I just was like, I just want to do comedy. Yeah. I just want to do clubs and just and build my fan base. And so I came here to do that. And then I started getting picked up and getting lots of little bits of TV sets and things like that. And it's just kind of built from there. So were you like lifestyle outside of comedy? When you got here, were you immediately comfortable living in the United States? Because just for me, being gone, born in America, raised in America, but then left and then came back. I'm like lost. I mean, you probably would have been less lost in England because it's a little. Probably. <laughs> I, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I was very comfortable. You right away? Yeah, I, you know, I I got here, I, I got an apartment, I, I got myself set up, got a car, and I was like, all right, I'm good, and then I'm just going to, I've got my Google Maps, I will find my way around. You don't have to adjust around. to the other side of the road or anything? It's not, uh, not really, because <laughs> oh, yeah. I travel so much. Right, uh, I've, uh, I, you know, I've been all over the world, so right. going somewhere else, and plus with your television, I have all your references, we watch all your movies, mm. we watch all your TV shows. So you should have done that, That's Turner. Why were you watching our TV shows? Because I was in China, they <laughs> blocked the internet. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. So, <laughs> I felt like I knew you guys already, you guys right. didn't know me. We're giving it all away. Yeah, because Americans are very insular. They don't know anything that's going on outside of America. But right. me coming from somewhere else, I knew you guys already. So yeah. all I had to do is just tweak my stand-up a little bit. And my uh, outlook, my stand-up persona is definitely more of an outsider looking in on American culture. And that's just been cultivated from me being here. that's what you are. Just by virtue of who I am. So, But other than that, no, I settled in quite nicely. I find that Americans now, maybe it's just because I'm in New York... But I find that Americans that we've talked about, uh, they know people are starting to know more 
slightly about foreign governments. What? Because they kind of have to, yes. <laughs> because like so much shit's going completely yeah. like a wall. Like, so everyone else knows what's going on here. Yeah. That's you're saying. Like they were just they were just show, like people were talking about was it the French election recently? Yeah. There's no time in history that Americans would have ever known anything about the French election. Yeah. If you ask, everybody, everybody's looking for their escape. Yeah. Well, because everyone's looking. The amount like, of Americans who have heard of I can name one French prime minister before. This is like, all that people. Do one no. question: yeah. Which one is like Trump? Yeah. And like uh that lady. Okay, I'm against her. Yeah. Who's the other guy? <laughs> and in the same with like Brexit, England, uh, yeah. that was a big Brexit, deal. Yeah. Everyone knew yeah. about that. And, yeah. and the Jeremy yeah. Corbyn. That actually one. started it. Yeah. Brexit was pre. Oh Trump. yeah, let's blame you. There was a. There was <laughs> no, a. Trump had already. Started. Yeah. He, he was running. He was already he the nominee. He had been elected, but he was the nominee. Yeah, I think. he was already running, but you know, I th- I blame Trump for Brexit. Yeah. Oh. Because he turns it around on us. There's been oh, a man. stirring of uh, anti-immigrant feeling and, you know, and it's basically infected the world and anti-Islamic feeling, which has infected the world. And that's what drove Brexit and drove Trump sure. into the White House. You know? Yeah, that came all from the same place. There's yeah. a theory that it all came from Russia. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't know much. But uh, <laughs> well, the theory is I was so when, when a... Brexit because like I'd been living in China. I have tons of friends from the UK and from all over. And it was it's always been this, uh, especially if you live outside the United States, this thing that, like Americans are idiots and everyone else is smarter. Exactly. And it, like you just stupid Americans, you stupid. Right. So it was nice then, for one day. Oh, when would... Brexit happened, it was like right. finally yeah, like dumb Brits. But then it not, didn't take long then, for us boom, to I'll do and, you. <laughs> And one day later, they were like, yeah, but Trump's coming for you. I'm like, I don't think so. We're not electing him. Yeah, he won't win. it happened. Right. And then the honeymoon was over. So the point is, you guys need to do something. Or someone, another country really needs to take this off our plate. Someone else has to elect somebody even worse somehow. Can that happen? Uh, Even worse? (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. I'm rooting for other countries to elect their Trump so we don't (laughs) elect. Worse than that. Yeah. Unless Hitler is reincarnated. That's it. Well, yeah. Well, you can get more. You get worse than Trump is a more more competent version of Trump, basically. That's uh, you know, that's my thing. That's true. His his incompetence is. Well, yeah, but that would be Pence. Right. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that could be coming. Because then we'd all be living fucking Handmaid's Tale if he became. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, before we get to the news, we're about to do that. Oh God, do we have to? Yeah, we don't. Nah, we don't, we don't no, do no. that kind of news. I've we been do avoiding the news. For yeah, the we, last well, no, three we do weeks. that. We do different. How you work on a you work on the Daily Show? Uh, yeah, well, I she I, doesn't watch it. She I come <laughs> in specifically to talk about British stuff. So then I'll I'll, I'll swat up. If I they'll go right, we're going to bring you in this week, and I'll go great, and then I'll consume everything I need. I basically, what's the word you do when you you don't study for your exams, and then you, you just cram. cram? Yeah, that's what I do. When do I'm you school. basically just assume like if something cre- happens in Britain, you're like, oh, they're calling my phone's ringing yeah, today, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I better know about that. Yeah, better. Basically, yeah. yeah. So what is going on in Britain? What's 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 some good news you can give us? On, uh, <laughs> is Brexit actually happening or no? It's going to happen. It is. You can't really stop it at this point. But I, no, but right after they were like, oh, maybe it'll be two years. We no, can figure it out. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, it hasn't yet. That, that, that it's going to be softer options, but it's, we're still going to do it. Okay. We're still going to do it. But we, I don't even know who our prime minister is. Right. right. They never got we're a coalition got government. May, right. She's made a pact with a bunch of devils. So I'm hoping that she gets out on the next one. We'll see. Are you American now? Or you, do you still have you an American passport or do you stay British? No, I'm British. You uh, never I become have a green card. Yes. And I thought that was safe, but uh, since Trump is coming, even oh green cards gosh. may oh, not be don't safe. Don't tell Turner that. So people, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, are you on a visa? No, my wife is on. I'm American. My wife's on a green card. Yeah, but she's Chinese. She'll be all right. 
Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the not, good immigrants. They're can you get her on Last Comic Standing? She's Maybe a that'll Chinese help. Chinese <laughs> atheist. So religiously, yeah. unless they're going after atheists. Yeah, but immigrant immigration wise, um, she's she's considered the, one of the good immigrants. Is that true? Speaks, yeah, they, look, she there is a hierarchy English, right? of immigrants. How does it go? Muslims, no. They're not yeah. top. Africans, I know that. Africans, absolutely not. So Africans. Really? Africans are head of Muslims, Muslims probably now. Yeah, <laughs> are, are the two that are not getting in here at all. African Muslims. That's African the worst. Muslims, well, that's a the, double whammy. You're yeah. not getting in. Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar, if he decides to leave, right. they might not let him back in. Yeah. Well, he was born in America. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, still, and he converted. Still. But, yeah, but, but still. <laughs> he's got to go back to Lou Alcindor yeah, for you. So coming from China, not a problem, because the Chinese immigrants are considered highly skilled and yeah. quiet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she, got a, uh, uh, gra- she went to grad school in Leeds. Right, mm. right. Actually. <laughs> Smart. So, <laughs> everyone, British people always laugh at that. Leeds? How's the school there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh. I never went to school in Leeds. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so you want Visa. Oh, you're American. What am I talking about? I'm so American. she's coming on uh, on, a, on a green card. She has a green card. Oh, well, then yeah. she's pretty cool. She's good. She's set. I think she's good. Yeah, yeah. she's set. She's got a green card. She's good. And visa, it, visa's very iffy right now. Uh, like I was talking to a friend of mine who was saying that 75% of visas used to be passed, but now they're, they're investigating 75% of them now. Whereas before you just go boom and you just hmm. it came to the embassy to get it. it was just oh yeah boom you're not a criminal no you have never committed a crime no well, bam you're in for British not anymore. people yeah, even for Brits no hmm. but for Brits even now coming from Britain they they investigating everything yeah. and everything. I mean all these people that say we need extreme vetting I'm not gonna get too political here but we already have it it took my wife ten months to get in ten months of like paperwork going through it all and she has a, a MBA or not MBA but she has grad school yeah she's everything and then like well, whatever and she had lived in the US before she'd been back and forth a hundred yeah. times well, so well, if it you took know. her ten months imagine knew if you. your name That's... is Halim Haram you know, I know. what I mean uh, but you're not, you know, it's not happening. Unless you can get really good at comedy, go on Last Comic Standing. Yeah. But even get, then, I've yeah. got friends who, uh, who've come in who are British born, but they are Muslim names or they sound, you know, other. Yeah. And they've been stopped for hours, even though they've lived here for before on visas and things like that. And they're still having problems getting back into America. And they're like, yeah. I got to be on TV in like an hour. Yeah. Can yeah. I just yeah. go do this? Yeah, exactly. I got to play Tell them to use the name CSI. Tyler Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get to the news, anything to promote? Any, any shows you got coming up? Oh, God. Uh, I'm in Chicago this weekend. All right. A Zanies oh, comedy wait, This club. comes out next Wednesday. Damn it! <laughs> uh, okay. Zanies. Uh, How was Zanies? <laughs> it was awesome. Zanies was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Um, oh, yeah, look. Just go oh, to we go to your website. Oh, uh, yeah. My website, geniashaway.com. Instagram, Facebook, geniashaway. Very simple to find. I, I'm not in one of these people that come up with these, yeah, I'm the best in the world, number 1170. Gina. Insta- the real. You want to find me? Geniashaway. My yeah. name. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and my website, and I've got. I'm going to be all over the country. I'm going to be in Atlanta. I'm going to be in Alabama. Nice. Uh, I know. I'm going to be uh, in um, Baltimore in September. So I'm all over the place. Just go on the website, and you'll find me. And I'm going back to Asia. Oh yeah, where are you going? Uh, I'm so I'm putting a tour together right now. So far, we've got uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia. Yeah, and more dates adding as we speak. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm doing, yeah, I might crisscross you out there. I'm going Singapore, possibly Vietnam. Oh, nice. Hong Kong, Shanghai. All right, let's get to the news. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
news story of the day from uh, Reason, our friends at Reason. Oh, and uh, Andrew Heaton, shout Andrew out. Andrew Heaton, yeah. An upstate New York mom has been arrested for an unspeakable crime. They say she was she allowed her 10-year-old child to shop alone at the Lego store in the local mall while she shopped in a different store. That's her arrested? crime. Arrested? Yeah. It says deputies say the 44-year-old woman, Jia Fan, was arrested at 5.37 p.m. That's a Chinese name. I'm not saying she's Chinese, but most likely Chinese, probably American. She, that, she's, the kid's 10. All right, if the kid was three months old, I get it. But 10? She's 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. I took flights. I was coming home from school by myself at 10. I was on a I flight. Was... My parents used to send me to see my grandparents. Yeah, me on like too. A two-hour like seven... flight. Yeah. At 10 years old. Uh, used... This lady's an upstate New York mom um, who now has to go to trial, I guess. That's ridiculous. And it was in the Lego store. The Lego, that's, well, there are a lot of probably pedophiles then, in the Lego yeah, store. Would be the oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if you're a pedophile, that's where you'd go. But still, <laughs> the kid's 10, old right. enough to go, mm, get off me. And we're in a Lego store, and there's cameras here. I would say, also, here's the thing, is that... Is this in the city, or is this in... Where is this? Oh, in upstate New York? That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I used to ride my bike to the, like, strip mall, basically, by 10, by myself. Or with What's friends. the agent in, in England, in the UK, for, um... <laughs> for? Letting, no. letting... No, 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 for, like, letting... Like, hey, kids, just go have fun. What's the what? Uh, the age. Like, what's the age that it might happen? Like, America well, it keeps getting older and older and older. Well, we were out playing. You know, I'd be out from like eight, nine years old. I'd be out playing till it got dark, and then we came in. Yeah. You know? That was what it was, but then we're at a different time now. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Nowadays, I don't think there's any more pedophiles around. I just no, think there's a lot more. There's more on TV. There's more awareness of pedophiles. There's so much more awareness <laughs> yeah. about more missing. Aware. I don't and think there's any more. There's just more awareness. Yeah, and if anything, like I feel like it's it's harder. I mean, there's just so much more. Everyone's with phones and everything. It's harder to. There's much less kids disappearing or whatnot. But the people are so much like I feel like when I'm with my kids in public. People are always kind of looking at you. Like, I had yesterday, they were like, he was, Teddy was riding a bike down a bike path, and my daughter Ruby was scooting, and they were like flying ahead of me because I was with the dog. Right. And my dog's got a bum leg, so she can't really keep up with him. And they're way down, but I could see them, got good eyes. And this, I see this guy like looking, and he's like all concerned. Like, and then he like, looks at me and he's like, Are those your kids? And I'm like, Yeah. And he like kind of gives me a look like oh, people disapproving, judge. like judging. Yeah, just, and it's why like, Why do you not have a rope attached to it? And it's, it's like, Hey, fuck you, buddy. Like, I'm watching two <laughs> kids and a dog right now. I'm on it. Don't worry about it. Like, like yeah, busybodies. I'm going to have to get arrested, though, apparently. I got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. do. Yeah. It's different. It's um, in China when I first got there, there's this, like, historically, it was like, Oh, Chinese people, like, well, it was kind of like let your kid grow up on their own, like an old school thing. But then they were only allowed to have one kid. Right, yeah. And then they went way the other way yeah. where it was like the kid's wearing like a football helmet everywhere he goes yeah, right. yeah, so he yeah. doesn't fall down. But now they're allowed to have two. Yeah. So it's like. What, if you, what are the rules, though? We're in the end, we're only allowed to have one. If you like lost one, you, are you allowed to make another one? I think you are. Are you allowed to prove it? Well, a lot of the rich Chinese like, are, are. Not, Wait, you mean lose them? I don't think if you just like, lose them down the street. Like, like if you left them in a store or a Lego store, you're like, I, I, I lost my That's kid. That's probably proof that you should not have another kid. Right. So it's not like when you are saying, when you like, like you don't like your kid. You only have one. You don't like them. Like, I don't like my like kid. Like when you like burn down a place for insurance money, like you couldn't like <laughs> lose your kid on purpose and get another one. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> are you asking if you're allowed to go there and do that? Yeah, I'm just asking the Chinese <laughs> rules on this, this crazy policy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last story of the week. Oh, from Rolling Stone magazine. This was from Heat Streak, but then I just found out they went out of business. You know oh, good. Uh, we ran them out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. This old website we used to get news from. <laughs> they always had good news stories. So from Rolling uh. Stone, Legal Lean is a company, an Orlando-based supplement company that has just recently introduced Coco Loco, an infused cocoa snuff. For adults, that promises to give you a 30-minute buzz. This is snortable chocolate. 
Hmm. Which apparently is like the new craze for housewives in America. <laughs> to snort. Have you heard of this at all? No. I have not heard of this. Me either, but I apparently. Don't snort chocolate. I want to eat it. Yeah, does it yeah. taste? Yeah. Well, I, what's your opinions on chocolate, American and, chocolate? Oh American chocolate is shit. Yeah. I, wh- wh- why? It, it tastes like sewage and monkey dung. It's disgusting. It's not, it's not even. I don't even know if. It's a if you can even really by law describe it as chocolate. Oh come on! No, I I'm 100 percent in your camp here. It's another chemicals and oil and sugar. And we don't and use we don't use weird whole milk with yeah, our chocolate for some reason. You know, we use a lot of stuff. Wait, you, well, why? What's better? Br- British chocolate's better. Oh. British chocolate, Swiss chocolate, Belgian chocolate. Any chocolate is better than you know, I don't eat. This is the only reason why I'm not 300 pounds in America because I don't <laughs> eat the chocolate. Yeah, I love chocolate. I make I have to make my own chocolate now. I've taught myself how to make my own chocolate. <laughs> That's amazing because American chocolate. Is so terrible. <laughs> uh, come what about Hershey's? Like a Hershey's bar. Terrible. And even you know what's even <laughs> terrible is that we have these like uh what's the name of that chocolate in Brooklyn? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the expensive like ten dollars a bar. Oh. It's like a micro brew of chocolate. It's terrible, even that. Is it snortable? It's not snortable. Snortable but, chocolate. I don't see the point. When of that. I lived in England, I would get a candy bar every day. And even like a Mars bar or something, it's just different it's than different. our Mars bar. Like the it's rich. The, ch- it's different. Richer? the chocolate is richer. They use actual Cacao powder, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you're, yeah, the American chocolate, they put as little as possible in and as much sugar in. So yeah. your, your palates uh, yeah. are ruined. So you, all you're tasting is the sugar. You're not really... Yeah, I grew up an hour from Hershey and I agree. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, the reason why they say they're doing this is... Um, they don't want to get fat. It gives is that you, what it is? It says it gives you a 30-minute buzz. Does uh, it give you ca- do you get calories? Yeah, that's a good point because cocaine is great for uh, exactly. snorting for well, losing I weight. It's for these housewives <laughs> so they can get the feeling of having chocolate without the guilt of getting fat off it. I think it's so they can get the feeling of cocaine because all housewives we all know you, we're doing cocaine like yeah. three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> all housewives. And then, they went, and, then they had, and then they had a kid, and they're like, "Oh, I need to clean up," but and they don't. Now they're snorting chocolate, and now they're snorting chocolate. If you think that having kids makes you not want to do cocaine? You do. You have not had a kid. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be all focused when you're with these kids. Well, Senate Minority Leader Chuck uh, Schumer is getting involved. <laughs> you say this like you've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> he says that, um, he, he alleges that the biggest problem, is apparently this uh, snortable chocolate is being now marketed to kids. But are there bad side effects? Like, why can't kids have it? I don't even understand. Because you just, I don't, isn't snorting anything not great for you? Probably. Well, he says, this is a great quote, he says, I think that a single parent... I can't wait. I can't think of a single parent who thinks it's a good idea for their children to be <laughs> snorting over the counter stimulants up their noses. I'm going to be the single parent who Going says it's out fine. Of a limb, Chuck Schumer. Well, they claim it, redu- it lifts moods, reduces anxiety, and gives you a surge of energy. Well, chocolate is very good for you. The yeah. pure, in its purest form, yeah. cacao is actually very good for you. It's sim- what's the reason? When they add all the other bullshit to it, then it then turns into ugh. all that American. Is cocaine yeah, and cacao crap. the same thing? I don't even. No, no. Cocaine's from cocoa leaves. Oh, co- yeah. All right, well, so I'm not going to give this to my kids. So we've learned me. one thing. <laughs> <Yeah. this week. laughs> if you're telling me against, I'm not going to bring this home and teach them how to do it, cut a line up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the pod. Gina, thanks for Good doing it. Good on. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so, for having me. Yeah. I've yeah. learned a lot. We're running across town to the New York Comedy Club right now. Yes. I'm going to run with you guys because I promised the fans I'd be there. You're coming. Well, Kaplan came a couple weeks ago. He was late. They didn't let him in. Yeah. Oh. Because I'm not a They have comedian. a new rule. You yeah. have to be there on time. Yeah. So, all right. That's it. Uh, Gina, thanks for doing Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cap, what should we Get do? Lost. Get lost. Get <laughs> lost. Coffee, I take tea, my dear. I like my toast on one side. But you can hear it in my accent.
I'm legal 